Good morning. Welcome to Denton North Church. We're glad you're here today. I'm going to start us off with a few announcements. The first one is if you're a student, if you're recently graduated, or if for some reason you just haven't been a part of one of our adult small groups and you want to jump in, um, we invite you to pick one for the summer and to go consistently to that small group this summer. And that gives us a chance to get to know you. Um, I will tell you, just so you know what to expect, that in the fall, we will be reshuffling all of our small groups. Um, but we want you to go ahead and jump into one for the summer. So on, in the newsletter or on the Denton North website, you'll find a list of who is leading the different groups and when they meet. And then if you don't have contact information, you can contact me or Josh or anybody else, and they can give you the contact information for the group you're thinking about going to. If you just ask around, honestly, you'll be able to figure out where they meet um, and know where to show up at. So I would encourage you to do that, but let us know if you need help with that. Um, secondly, just a quick announcement about LTG. If you have not gone to the website and looked at the list and found a partner for your LTG, you need to do that in the very near future. There is uh, also a button in the newsletter and on the website that will help you find that information. It explains everything about it and tells you what to do. But if, again, if you need help, ask. We are having an all-church hangout next Saturday from 5 to 7, we've reserved a pavilion at South Lakes Park, so South Lakes Park. It is bring your own food, bring your own yard games, and bring your own friends. So we would love for you to invite anybody that you want to, and we'll just have a time of hanging out and having fun together. And again, that's this coming Saturday from 5 to 7. I just want to remind you that we are doing our special contribution right now. If you've not been with us when we've done that before, we do it this time of year, most years, um, just because during the summer we tend to get low. Um, people are out of town. They don't give as much. Um, and so we would encourage you to be a part of that. Also, because we're meeting indoors again, that's an expense that we haven't been having to do since we were meeting outside. Um, and so that's something we need to be able to cover as well. And then I just wanted to talk about some guidelines for meeting indoors. And so obviously these guidelines are for when we're in the building. If we're outside, you can make your own decision about that. Um, but while we're in the building, just for a few more weeks, we're going to wear masks. And the biggest thing is not our adults. Like if it was just our adults... We prob it probably would be a non-issue. But because we have kids and kids have not been able to be vaccinated, then we're going to choose to wear masks um, for a little bit longer. And when I say for a little bit longer, the reason I'm saying that is because the cases of COVID in Denton are super low right now. We want to give it a few weeks to make sure they're going to stay low like that. And if they do, then we'll feel better about not wearing masks indoors. But respect people's wishes in terms of how close you get to them, in terms of hugs, um, and especially respect the kids. So if, um, if you're talking to one of the kids, stand back six feet 
from them when you're talking to them. Um, don't go up and just take somebody's little one. Ask the parents first if it's okay for you to hold them. Um, because as parents, we want them to feel really comfortable that their kids are really safe. So we'll be monitoring things and we'll update that in a few weeks. But for right now, we want to wear masks while we're inside. The other thing is that we do not have a mask or a vaccination police that will be coming around. And um, so I want you to know that. We trust that there are some good reasons for not wearing a mask, for not choosing to be vaccinated. And we're not gonna be have, asking you to give us written um, reasons as to why you're not doing that. We're gonna assume that they're good ones. The difference with that is if you're gonna work with the kids, then we will ask you if you're vaccinated because that's gonna be in a smaller self-contained room and so we need um, to know that uh, you are protected before um, you're with the kids who are unprotected in that sense. And then, it, <laughs> it, I know he seems larger than life, like what could possibly you know, be, be an issue, but we wanna protect our little guys. So um, if you have any questions about that, if you have any concerns about that, feel free to talk to me or Josh, and we'll be happy to explain things further. I tried to give you kind of the short version of that, uh, but I can give you more details if you need that. So again, we're glad you're here this morning. We're ready to get started. Um, we're going to do worship first, I believe. So whoever is up with that, come on. I just want to start out by saying thank you so much to the worship folks for putting that together. That was so sweet. And for, and just in general, for <clears throat> doing some really cool stuff for the past, I can't remember how many months y'all been doing this stuff, but um, it's just been so cool. So thank y'all for putting so much time and effort into it. Even writing a song, I mean, sort of writing a song, that's awesome. Um, so we're going to kick it off by, this is our sermon series about James, um, through the book of James. We're going to let James actually have the first word. So I'll give you a second to open your Bibles to James chapter one. And if you're a person who's kind of, annoyed by following somebody else's reading and the translation doesn't match up. Um, if that bothers you, then I'm in the CSB translation. So if it doesn't bother you, then do your thing. Stick with what you like. <clears throat> James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation, because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises, and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass. Its flower falls off, and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 
No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it, becomes birth, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Well, dang, that didn't work. We still have a lot of time left. <laughs> what if I just kept reading it and just read the entire thing? Yeah, and then I prayed like a closed in prayer sneakily at the end and then just tried to see if I could pass that off. So we are doing a brief intro to James today, and I thought it just made sense to use James's intro as the first thing we read. Um, if you had not had a chance to read James this past week, then we, you got a little bit of a, a pass on that because we just read it together. But, um, but be reading it, we'll, and keep it handy during these sermons because this is a short book, and it's pretty easy to find things that are being referenced as we're preaching over this during this summer. So just keep it handy um, as you're taking notes. If it helps to bring maybe your print Bible so you can take notes on your phone or whatever, I would just say make that a priority. Uh, with this sermon series, we'll be going through James all the way until the end of July. And uh, Leslie and I were talking about a few ideas of what to do this summer. And originally we were supposed to only do something for June. Um, and then it ended up being for both June and July. And Leslie had like tons of ideas. I had like half an idea. But after our discussions, we ended up just feeling like we both resonated a lot with just the idea of spending a lot of time in scripture. And it's, it's not a long sermon series. Um, and so spending time in something that's short that we can really, really soak in. Just we really felt the Holy Spirit guiding us in that direction. So that's what we'll be doing this summer. And um, we just felt like the Holy Spirit was also guiding us further to lean on him and not break up the sermons and not break up James in these really neat packages. So each week, Leslie and I will be finding out at the same time you guys do about what uh, the other one preached on and then take, take cues from that and just follow the Holy Spirit's direction the next week. So it's a little bit of a mystery that we'll be, we'll be following. Um, and so 
But one thing that I noticed too in my own conversations is that James just kind of came up in a few times this past semester. I think that's something we need to be paying attention to when we feel like the Holy Spirit's kind of putting something in front of us um, here and there. A few conversations I had where people would be talking about reading through James or they'd say something that made me think of James. Um, and then even Brad, I think, referenced it at least twice during our sermon series this, this past semester, um, referencing the looking at yourself in the mirror, forgetting what you look like. So um, it's just, I think that's the kind of stuff that, that uh, we need to be paying attention to and take cues from, because the Holy Spirit could be trying to lead us a direction that we might be totally missing it. So, um, and if you haven't already read James this week, we'll probably basically get that as a homework almost every week. Um, maybe we'll tell you to focus on certain sections, but just have that be kind of whatever way you didn't remind yourself, you need to put a reminder on your phone or something like that or a note card or write on your mirror if people still do that uh, in the 2020s. Um, and then also I, I sent in the newsletter and on Facebook the Bible Project video, which is just an overview of the book of James. Really helpful. Um, it's got a lot of interesting info, kind of shows you the structure of the book, but don't watch that instead of reading the book. It, I mean, it's a lot easier, honestly, but I would say don't even watch it until you've read the book once. Um, it's not that long, and so I think it's kind of an extra thing, and it certainly would do a lot of background and homework that um, is not our expertise. You know, the Bible Project, they probably put hours and hours and hours and hours into those videos, so it's, it's some helpful extra. So first, I just want to start out talking about the value of Scripture, um, and I think that's a good way to get our attitudes kind of in, in, in the right place before we dive into this sermon series. Um, scripture is a way that we get to hear God whenever we want to. It's right there, whenever we want to, especially in our day and age, that is. It's always available to us, and God intended it to be evergreen and true and useful beyond the first audiences that it was written for. So even the Bible describes itself in these ways, uh, which is kind of interesting, especially because a lot of times it's the New Testament describing uh, all of Scripture including the Old Testament, and also things that maybe they didn't even know were written yet, different people writing different letters. Um, in Hebrews, it's described as living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to like basically our very core. Um, and then in John, the Gospel according to John, he equates Scripture and the Word to Jesus. He basically takes this first entire chapter to do that. He talks about the Word being in the beginning, God being the Word, Jesus being the Word, and then he just, he elevates the value of scripture to that level that it's this, it's not just these words that are on pages, but it is a person. Um, and I think that is kind of mind-blowing, especially when you think about, you know, this being something that's given to us and Jesus being someone who is given to us by God. Um, and then Jesus himself says that scriptures, the scriptures testify about him. So when he's talking to the Pharisees and talking about how they are so focused on all the details of scripture, but they fail to see that it's actually all meant to point toward Jesus um, and that really scripture should be leading us to Jesus. So that should, I think, give us um, something that we should really, really be valuing it that way as scripture tells us to already and really soak it in, spend lots of time in it. That's what we really wanted to do with this book. It's just spend lots of time in one book. Maybe we could have thrown a dart you know, on a chart of all the books of the Bible and it still would have been valuable to spend lots of time in any book, you know. And so let's just try to get as much out of this book as we can. And um, we're, we're not going to be going a lot of topical sermons. That's usually our style. Um, a lot of sermons here we do are topical, which is great. 
this time we're not going to do that. We're going to let the scripture itself dictate what we talk about. What does James talk about? We're going to go off of that and not try too hard to, you know, rein it in or make it be what we want it to be. Just let what James wrote, what he wrote, um, inspired by God, let that be what, what we take in. So, and I want to ask this, how many of you have really remembered well or been super affected by just one reading of any piece of scripture? Yeah, so some of us. How well did you remember it when you read it just once? Real well. <laughs> Sorry, I should have pointed you out. But I mean, what I mean by that is that we could easily be, it's, it, anything's possible. Scripture can affect us a lot, a lot of ways. But we, we do not want to be like the people who look at ourselves in a mirror, look at Scripture once, walk away and, and forget it. And I think m- much of the time that's us. Maybe we read a Scripture, if, if you're someone who follows the Bible in a year kind of thing, you, you'd still only be reading each Scripture like once a year or whatever. And so there could be these areas of Scripture that you've never spent lots of time in, which is okay. It's like no guilt. But I just mean that um, I think we really are not intended to just read these things once and go on and, and expect that it should have the full effect that it's going to have in us, especially knowing how valuable it says Scripture is, which should be something that we spend a lot of time in. And uh, that actually reminds me of the emphasis that this past year's cohort did on speaking the Scripture to each other, speaking the Word to each other. And step number one would just be knowing it really well. Um, there's lots of times that I've been like really grasping at straws trying to Think of a scripture that sounds sort of similar to something someone's talking about, and that's okay. But I do wish in those moments that I knew it better because I'm like, okay, God is bringing something to my attention that someone's talking about. This is an area where scripture is interacting with real life and it's applicable. And if only I could just remember what that was. (laughs) It might help this person a lot. Um, And I think reading different versions is huge, too. So as we read James over and over and over, definitely change up the version you're reading. Sometimes you could go drastic and change from something to the message, which is really different. Um, But also, I think even just slight differentiations between um, versions can help shake up our our ability to kind of get too used to the wording of something to where it doesn't really mean much to us anymore. Like when you say a word over and over and over and over and over, and it stops sounding like a word to you, even. Um, whatever we can do to shake that up and realize that these are all just translations of, of something anyway, so uh, that is not originally written in English in the first place. So whatever we can do, I think the bigger picture we can get, the more translations we can look at, as much as helpful to you, the better picture we'll get of what um, God's really trying to say through James. So how does that sound to you guys? Sweet. So now let's talk a little bit about the background of the person of James before we really go into his letter. Um, He was the half-brother of Jesus. Yes, that Jesus, same Jesus. Um, But many uh, scholars don't don't really think that he believed or followed Jesus until after his death. That's pretty interesting. And then he quickly became a main leader in the mother church in in Jerusalem after Jesus' ministry. And so, um, and he's he's described in a few areas in the New Testament. But um, the church that he led in was one of the leaders in experiencing some really challenging times, as you might expect. The followers of Jesus there were persecuted by the Jewish leaders. Um, Jerusalem and Israel in general went through lots of difficulties under Roman occupation and some famine. And so the, the church experienced all of that too. And that caused lots of poverty in their community. So um, other, I think this, here, take some notes on this real quick, but just some backstory that, where we see a little bit of reference of James um, and who he is is in Acts 12 and 15, 
Um, it's hard to just give you one verse because it's, it'll just like mention his name real quick. So I, just, I would read that context. Acts 12 and 15, and then Galatians 1 and 2. And it describes him as a, a pillar in this main church in Jerusalem. So, um, and the book that he wrote, this letter he wrote, is very interesting. Um, keep, kind of keep an eye on chapter one as we talk about this. Uh, he wrote it really generally, not to a specific church, uh, but he says to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. So he had a Jewish audience in mind, but not any specific one. Um, and that's really different from other letters. So we've got, you know, we're used to many of us, Paul's structure of letters and uh, where he has a much more specific and structured uh, approach to writing those. And he wants to take lots of time sometimes to build up an argument and explain things that felt, he felt like specific churches needed to hear. And in this case, we are at the very beginning given a clear guideline that James is not trying to do that. He's, he has a broad audience in mind. He might not have expected that some, some Gentiles like us will be reading it someday. But he clearly expected it to be to all these different churches and to be passed around and passed along. Um, and he doesn't take that kind of time to build an argument like we see Paul do. So it's a super different style of, of letter. Um, it's a lot more like a book of wisdom. A lot of biblical scholars connect it to Proverbs 1 through 9, um, a lot of references to the Beatitudes, um, style-wise like Ecclesiastes, really similar to uh, authors like Dr. Seuss, etc. So, um, just seeing if you're awake. Um, and those, in those books of wisdom, they often come from a really similar context. So, we can look at, at the, all those books and see some similarities that a person, whoever's writing it, has experienced a lot of either hardship or success or both, or they just have many years of pursuing God. And the whole point that they're writing this letter at all is that they, or book, is to try to distill down their experiences into a small but challenging bites in an attempt to make their experiences transferable and memorable to, to the reader. So it's really its own genre of, of writing, and that's why James feels so odd compared to some of the other letters that we read. Um, and it, a lot of books of wisdom, including James, include these really hard-hitting one-liners um, that are meant to be these memorable, repeatable phrases that continue to challenge and teach over time, and they're meant to be timeless. Does that remind you of anyone, uh, anyone of a ministry tool that we use? Uh, axioms, that's right. Does that sound like axioms to you guys? So if you are not familiar with axioms, um, if you did not come th up through focus or somehow missed that, those are just what I just described. They're these short phrases that are memorable that represent a larger lesson, larger truth that we can take with us kind of in a tool belt. So some examples of ones that have stuck with me since being in focus is teach the person, not the lesson. Just as emphasis on we should be catering what we do in this very um, unique way to the people we're spending time with and not being so focused on just saying the thing we were intent on saying or following the exact steps of a lesson, so to speak. That's a really good one. Um, another one I, I've used a lot is move your feet and talk to each other. And am I surprised that I like that because I don't like sports and that sounds sportsy. So if you'll forgive me about that, but it's just the idea that like go out, be active, but, and, we're, and in ministry, we're often in these really separated um, approaches to ministry. We're often doing our own things and stuff, but keep talking to each other. Be a team, be aware of what's going on, what God's doing. Um, that was just a, such a good one. And so if you ever weren't sure how transferable those axioms are, if you sat 
in Corfa class and you heard lots of axioms and you thought, okay, these are so specific. When am I ever going to need these after I graduate? Um, I actually use them a lot in the workplace. Obviously, some of them aren't uh, as transferable as others to the workplace, but, um, but a lot of them really were. And so I worked for a, a humanitarian organization for a while. And when I'd use those, I could never take credit because they just sounded way too smart. They sounded way too wise. But I would throw them out and say, like, you know, this ministry that I, campus ministry I was in, they always had this saying that, you know, move your feet and talk to each other. And I could use that and apply it to how these different departments weren't even talking to each other. How, how obvious is that for an organization to care about? And um, so there's, there's a lot of value and wisdom in being able to have phrases like that that we can take with us. And I think especially when it's biblical truth, uh, we're told that the value of Scripture is that it can be transferable like that. It, it is living and active. It's something that is not just for these very tiny little um, experiences, but something we can take with us in our everyday life and use it and speak to each other. So um, if James is following that book of wisdom style, that genre, then he must be trying to, d- to also distill something down for us. So what, what could that be? Uh, I think it's, it's his very not easy experience in leading the first church in Jerusalem. Um, he doesn't really go into a lot of detail about talking about that, but that's what we know about him, and this is something that's distilled a lot of information, a lot of teachings into this one little, little letter. So that's why I think that this book has plenty for us at Denton North. Because James was a leader in pretty much the first ever church plant, the first ever community of believers after Jesus' ministry. Obviously, there are a lot of them quickly, but um, he was right there. And his church surely was not perfect. But I think that's actually better, because then we have a realistic picture of, of actually valuing his experience. Because clearly God worked through James and through the other leaders in that church to create a somewhat successful church. Because I think if it wasn't, then maybe 2,000 years later, we would not be here many, 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 many church plants later. So James had a, a, his own struggles, own difficulties, probably greater than what we most experience, I would guess, especially because he ended up being martyred. So it hasn't happened to us in a while, but um, um, not a few weeks at least. But um, that is something that I think we can really take a lot of, of value in as we read this book, knowing that it comes from an imperfect church a guy who's distilling down his knowledge and experience into something that he intended to be transferable. We are a church plant. We would love that wisdom, please. Please give that to us, James. Thank you very much. And then he wrote this short, dense, carefully crafted handbook summing up what he thinks is important from his experience leading that church, and he wrote it specifically for other churches, like he says at the very beginning, to the other tribes dispersed abroad. And he connected as much of it as possible to Jesus' own teachings and ways of life. There's lots of places where that happens that we'll be talking about over the summer, I'm sure. And so it's basically like almost everything, this book, James, is almost everything that the art of the deal is not. Just kidding. Um, but I mean, does that not sound like really lit, very applicable to us? Are you guys on fleek? There we go. I like that. So who's in? Who's in for James? Not that many people, really? <laughs> okay, I was hoping a lot of hands were raised up, and then I would tell Opal, that's democracy for you. We actually voted. But. So um, to, to kind of uh, beat a dead horse in some ways, I guess, I do want to read chapter one of James again, but I want us to have this stuff that we just talked about in mind, and I'm probably going to go a little slower 
um, and just to give you time to kind of think about that stuff and have things set in. Um, but just keep in mind, as we're reading it, this is purpose-built to be applicable to you as an individual because you are a follower of Jesus, like he is. That's who he's writing to. And it's also purpose-built to be applicable to us as a community. So as you're looking at it, think about things that, that you need to hear that James might be speaking to you about and to our community. We all have a perspective on our church, our community, on the things that need to grow and change and improve in order to serve God better, to serve our city better. And so as you're reading this, be thinking about that stuff because it takes all of us doing that. You know, not just any one of us can think, yeah, Denton North really do this more. That's not gonna do it. So, um, and I would say that in general, you can have that perspective through this whole sermon series. And I also want you to think of this as James's intro. Um, it's a preview of really what's to come in the rest of the letter. He sets up a lot of stuff that's really just his introduction into the next four chapters of content that he, he doesn't super unpack in this super detailed Paul-like way, but he does go into a little more detail about. Um, for instance, I'm just going to go down a list of the things that I noticed that he talks about in this first chapter. Uh, you don't have to write this down. I just want to kind of show you how much of a roller coaster of like almost like a table of contents. He's, he's flying by all these topics that he's going to revisit in the next few chapters. So he, he starts out um, talking about the uh, trials. He has like this challenging take on trials and hardships right at the beginning. And then he transitions into wisdom and then faith and then wealth and poverty and then back to trials again, and then temptation and sin, and then there's a section about how scripture can help us with all of those things, if we follow it. And then he switches to talking about our tongues, our words, how we speak to each other. And then one last switch to remind us to care for the poor and to not sin. That is just all over the place. It's so fast how much he packs in there. And there's even some specific um, stuff that that you can take note of that there's phrases that he'll use again, like really specific phrases, and also just the topics like I mentioned. Um, and we'll be digging more deeply into that stuff, so this is gonna feel very much like an intro, which is totally okay. Uh, we're, gonna, we're not in a hurry to go through James. We are taking our sweet, sweet time. Um, and so, are you guys ready to read it again? Yeah. Sweet. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass. Its flower falls off and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. 
Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Um, Lord, we just ask that you would really bless this sermon series. Um, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear your Holy Spirit. Give us a heart that really desires to spend time in your word. Give us a desire to spend time with you to understand this word that you've already given us. That these, these things you've written forever ago and, and had purpose behind them for each of us as individuals and as our, our little community here in Denton. God, I just ask that you would, those of us who are in trials and hardships would, would be able to hear James's words and be um, challenged but also encouraged by them. Lord, I ask that all of us would look to you for wisdom. We ask that you would increase our faith regardless of our circumstances. Lord, help us when we're tempted and help us to resist sin, God. Give us strength. God, I ask that this would not just be another um, sermon series, but that you'd really allow us to let you change us as individuals and as a community through going through this book together. God, whatever is in it that you have for us, 
um, ways that we can walk with you closer and serve you better and introduce more people to you. Um, be a stronger part of bringing your kingdom here, Lord. We ask that you would just reveal that to us. God, help us to then speak the word to each other. Let these words actually enter our brain and stay in there, into our hearts and stay in there, God. Um, that we would be, um, ideally this would happen with every series we ever do, but that we would be different as a community after this. And that as we take this handbook on church planting in a way, um, that you would help transform our little church uh, in the ways that, that we need to, Lord. Help us to love your people really well, the people that you've already given us that are here in our church um, that we've been introduced to that are in our community, uh, the greater Metro family of churches. Lord, help us just to love your city really well. Um, we just, I just pray that that would be so, so at the top of our minds and hearts all the time that when we interact with people, we'd be showing them your love. And, um, and God, just give us hearts that really love you. It's so easy to be just people who look at this, uh, like looking in a mirror and walking away and forgetting what we look like. It is so easy. We have many of us read this many times. We've heard it quoted. We've seen that specific scripture in um, focus on Jesus, the Bible study. And, um, but then we've gone and done it <laughs> ourselves. Um, but I just pray that you'd really um, be in charge of what happens in our community this summer, uh, especially as we're exiting a really, really tough season for many of us, God. Um, we just turn this entire series over to you. And um, God, I just pray that you do amazing things in our community for your good and glory. And that, um, and we just thank you for inviting us to be part of it. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.